Are you set apart by God and chosen for greatness? Have your dreams of being used by God fallen away? Well, Kimberly Hobbs is an international best-selling author, as well as a faith life coach, leading women into a relationship with God. She's the founder and executive director of Women World Leaders, a worldwide ministry that empowers women to find the purpose which God has just for them. Kimberly, welcome to the call. Thank you, Nancy. It's a pleasure to be here. Hi, everybody. How can you encourage someone who may feel that they have been left behind in their dreams of doing something great for the kingdom of God? Well, we all have a story, ladies, and we come from a past. And I just believe that through sharing our stories, through being able to be open and transparent, that God will use those stories for his purpose. And when when you can open up and share the great and powerful things that God does through your life, that in turn inspires others to think that, wow, if this person can overcome this or that, you know, I can do this. And and it just shows that um, our Lord is strong. He is powerful. He can do great and mighty things. And we just show them how through sharing our testimony of how we came to know him. And that's where I bring you into this. And so what happened to you that turned you towards a heart for Jesus and transformed your life? God gave me a husband at 19 years old. Uh, we fell in love and... Um, we had two children. We were going to church um, faithfully. We became very involved in church and, um, and we lived a simplistic life. And my dream was coming true. We built a log home out on five acres of land. We just, um, we just loved it. And our church life was becoming very involved. And because we built this home kind of far out, um, we decided to take a little break from church and we were going to stay close to God. How many of us have good intentions, right? Like we're going to, exactly. oh, you know, I can handle this. I'm just going to stop going to church and we're strong in the Lord and we're going to just do our thing for a little while. We're going to focus on getting our house and our land and build a horse barn. And, you know, I'm still, you know, searching for those dreams and so as active as we were in this very uh, small church, uh, did a lot, we pulled out, we took that rest period. But that's exactly when the enemy got his hooks in. And um, everything that was our focus, which was God and family and church, and we did everything together as a family, and it was innocent. But we allowed outside influences to start coming in. And Romans 6, 12 says um, to beware, you know, do not let sin control the way that you live and don't give in to sinful desires and don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. And unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. And that's the beginning of the tears in my story is that enticement of sin. When we took ourselves out of that connection with God. And we didn't have that covering, you know, just going to church and just having the accountability anymore. We were left to ourselves. We were starting to spread out in our life. And we, my husband and I became 
tempted in in sexual ways. And that's where the uh, the devil got in to destroy that Christian um, foundation. And we had no armor for battle because we weren't going to church. We were not reading our Bible like we should. We, we just kind of allowed ourselves to get busy with things of the world. And that haunting memory still haunts me to this day, the pain of regret because the devil just slithered his way in and uh, without God's presence in our life. And just that you constantly had that struggle of temptation, you know, good and evil. Um, we got into an entangled mess, um, both of us, and our sanctified marriage bed became defiled. And um, we tried to hide from God, but we really were already exposed. And it's weird when we tried to hide, right? Everybody, like, I think people can relate because you justify what you're doing. You say it's not that bad and um, you try to convenience yourself, but really you're doing wrong. And, um, and God says in uh, Psalm 90 verse eight, that all of our flaws um, and faults are in full view to God. Everything that we want to hide, God searches it out and he exposes it by the radiance of his face. Well, he knows what we're doing, right? So here we are in our weakened marriage um, and the enemy had a foothold and, um, and there was darkness all around. And my life started growing into a monster of lies, deceit, wickedness. Um, and it became like a, this sexual addiction. And unfortunately, our 20-year marriage began to crumble. And he went one way, I went another. We divorced. And all my dreams were shattered because I truly loved him. We were married for 20 years. So the challenges of facing, you know, that perfect life and that dream were all shattered. And I was crying out to God through that time because I'm like, God, how did this happen? You know, because everything was so beautiful. My perfect life was going perfectly, you know, until we stepped out of that, again, that covering that community. And um, it just seemed like God wasn't hearing my cries during that time because I wasn't happy. I knew I was in sin. Um, and James 22, or James 2.26 says that faith without works is dead, right? So I can cry out to God, but if I'm not doing anything about it and I'm living and wallowing in that mire and dirt and scum, what's God going to do? That's my choice. That's our choice to stay in sin. And I knew um, God was there. I cried to him, but I wasn't willing to change. So um, my tears could have filled up buckets with that addiction of sin that weighed me down. And um, I cried and cried and I wanted to be free from that sexual addiction. And I wanted my innocent life back, but it wasn't coming back. And the devil had his hook so deeply in me. So anybody that battles addiction out there, I know what those hooks are when they get into you because you, you try and try and try and you want to escape, but you're trying on your own. So how, how do you get away from that? You know, that the enemy is powerful. He's powerful and he's roaming around trying to devour us. So 
again, I wallowed in that pity of unforeseen misery because I didn't see it coming at all. And I tried so hard to just hold on to glimpses of my past life. And I wanted it back so bad. I, I wanted that happy marriage back, but I couldn't stop with that sexual drive toward other things. Now you get a taste of it and it just wasn't coming back. And it was so intense. That pain was so intense that I just wanted to die. Nothing was satisfying. Um, I tried to go to church here and there, and um, but I still felt the absence of God's presence. And you might be wondering why. And again, it's because my heart wasn't willing to change or give up. I really didn't want to let go, but I kept saying, God, God, please stop it. You know, like, like God's the fix all do all. Um, he gives us his word with all the instruction, but do we really look into that and make a difference with our heart? So I wasn't willing to change and I wasn't willing to fully surrender to him and I wasn't obedient to God. And so the cycle continued and there was no healing from the sin. And I was deceived one day that my prayers might have worked. And I use that word deceived because when you're looking and the enemy knows you're looking for things to get you out of what you're not happy in. So I'm praying, but remember, I'm not praying the right prayers. I'm just praying, God, stop this pain. God, stop all this, but I'm still going and falling back into sin. So feeling like my prayers worked, I met an extremely wealthy man. And he, I started confiding in him and talking to him. And once again, the devil lured me in to another lifestyle. And this one was so strong and so intense. And the chains of bondage that had me shackled, I, before I even knew it, you know, it's like, that's how strong the lie is, right? Nancy, like the devil wants us to believe that lie. So he's going to put whatever he can in front of you to continue the misery. Yeah. Um, but he's going to mesmerize, like he mesmerized me. Yep. He will do that. What? He, he, yes. finds, he finds the crack. I tell people this all the time. He finds the crack in your armor and he knows exactly where to go with it. Exactly. And so I was mesmerized. I was filled with now a complete different stimulation and this was tantalizing to my eyes every moment. My attention was allured to money and power. Soon I was traveling to um, places that I only saw in movies. I, you couldn't even imagine in your wildest dreams. I was traveling the world, money and power places. I was meeting uh, movie stars. I was um, meeting presidents of the United States. I met presidents, dinner with presidents, a breakfast with presidents. Um, this relationship developed with this person. And before I knew it, I moved in with him and I compromised everything that I knew in God's eyes to be true because now I was being taken care of. I was treated like a princess as time progressed, I found myself being fed quantities of earthly abundance. And now it went from the sexual to now the addiction to 
living this lifestyle, you know, that only 1% of the whole world probably gets to live. I was driving Ferraris and Bentleys and Rolls Royce, and I can choose from, you know, a lineup of cars in the garage of whatever car I wanted to drive. It was like I had jewels of every kind, diamonds and uh, more diamonds. I had a seven carat engagement ring because he said he was going to marry me, right? So all these lies, you, I'm just led to believe the lie and he knew enough. What, and don't get me wrong. he I believe he loved me, but the devil was going to continue to make me believe the lies. I'm going to marry you. Here's a seven carat diamond ring, you know, and uh, my goodness, I had my closet was as big as people's houses. And I had every designer outfit in it, you know, Louis Vuitton purses, Prada, Gucci, you name it. We traveled all over the world. I had it filled. So I had magnificent show horses, you guys, like, I can't tell you this lifestyle because, but this is going to be the power of God. When I tell you the clincher, um, he even brought my family in and, and bought them everything. So that relieved a lot of my guilt that, uh, he was taking care of them too, which again, held me captive in this lifestyle, but I was lonely. And the more I was given, the more I started to just give to other people. I was taking care of completely. So I wanted everybody else to get a taste of what I was living. So I started giving my money to everybody in need, but I still had that emptiness growing inside of me. It was like, incredible having lived through what I lived through. And I was slowly losing my identity, who I was because I belonged to somebody else. And I was so disconnected from God. Like you can't even imagine that disconnect. And the emptier I watched my life become, I, again, I just compromised everything and I became silent in this world of just opulence and um, festivities until one day <laughs> it was truly a miracle because I, I knew if this man just accepted Jesus, we'll get married, we'll live happily ever after, we'll have a perfect life and everything's going to be fine. So there was a church I knew that was going to Israel and I was asked everybody I knew that was Christian to pray for my fiance, who I was living with. Okay. Just again, co compromised everything. So I'm like, could you pray that God will touch his heart? Cause I know if I ask him to go on this trip, he'll go. Cause he, we travel everywhere in the world. I never ask him for anything. I'm going to ask him for this one thing. And of course he accepted. So everybody was praying for him. And I thought to myself, all right, God, you're going to do a mighty miracle in this man's, in this man's life on this trip. And so we went. And as we listened every day to messages on that seven day trip, um, and I had been to Israel several times before, but it was in a different way. We were, you know, we built an underground playground for the kids over on the Gaza Strip. And but I had never been on the Christian side of it. And so he did that for me and he took me. And I knew something powerful was going to happen on this trip. And I thought he's going to come to know Jesus as a savior. 
And as we went through message after message, God was convicting my heart and he wanted my attention. And it was the last night of the trip and we were in the garden tomb and my fiance was there for every message and he gets a call and he goes and leaves the garden. And now this was God because God removed him. So I wouldn't sit there and think, is he getting this? Is he hearing this? Does he understand this? God wanted my attention for that message. And that message was um, about surrendering your life. And we were going to take communion. And I sat there wrestling with God in that garden the last day of the trip because I knew everybody was watching me on that trip. And like, who are these people that are on this trip with us? And I thought, I can't take communion, God, because I know what that meant. If I took communion unworthy and I hadn't confessed my sins, and what does confession mean? That we're going to turn 100% and go the other way, right? That repentive heart, if I didn't do that and I took that communion unworthily, what does the Bible say about all the plagues, all the damnation that's going to come? You cannot do that. And so I had this wrestling match with God. like, um, And God says in Psalm 37, 7, to quiet your heart in his presence and pray. Keep hope alive as you long for God to come through for you. And I heard God speaking to me and he asked, do you love me? And do you trust me? And I sat there as the communion was going around and I was the last one in that circle of 30 people to take communion. And it seemed like forever for it to get to me. And God said, I needed to walk away from this lifestyle and repent of all of it, everything, because my entire past needed to be confessed right now in that moment. And God said, I want your heart back, but I want all of it. And I heard his voice really clear. And I was trembling with fear because I knew whose voice I heard. And I was faced with a choice to make. Could I surrender everything to Jesus? Where are you right now in your life? Can you surrender everything at this moment to Jesus and walk away from the sin that may be consuming you right now? You have a choice to make. God's not going to make that for you. He gives us the choice. So worry was setting in to me right now because how could I do this? How can I walk away? This man took care of everything and I had everything in the world. And Philippians 4, 6 tells us, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need. I needed out of this life of disobedience. So simply put, I surrendered it all to Jesus at that moment. And I trusted him inside that garden tomb that night. And I knew that God heard me. And I told him I was sorry for everything. And I said, God, I don't know how I'm going to go forward and I'm going to trust you. And I know you have a purpose for my life. I don't know what it is and I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but please, God, will you forgive me and give me a chance to go forward? I'm just going to trust you. And that's what we have to do, people. We have to trust him completely, surrender it all, 
put yourself on the altar and give it all to Jesus. First um, John 1 9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I just knew that's what I had to do. And I did it. And God forgave me. And so I had to put action on my prayer, right? We have to put action on what we say we were going to do. So Psalm 86, 7 says, I'll call out to you whenever I'm in trouble and you will answer me. He's going to answer you people just like he answered me. I called out to him in that moment. I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know where I was going to live. I let go of everything in my life to become the puppet of this man. And I had no voice, but God knew. And so I needed to trust. And God says in Psalm 138.3, as soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. That is such a powerful verse. And God strengthened me in that moment. And I began to pray fervently. And this prayer brought healing that I started out with. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. So I had to do both of those, right? I had to seek God's face in that garden. And I had to say, yes, God, I'm going to turn from my wicked ways. Then he said he would hear from heaven and he would forgive my sins and he was going to bring healing. And he did. So now focusing on God and his kingdom, I had to make a change and I had to serve him with purpose and a plan and obedience. And God says, then you will call on me and I will come and pray. You will come and pray with me and I will listen to you. So God heard my heart that I wanted to serve him, that I wanted to do something for him. I wanted to start my life over and be obedient to him in a way of service to my king. So it wasn't easy because I had to tell somebody that I loved and that loved me and gave me a life I could only dream of. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't understand it, but I had to say I needed to go and I needed to go serve the Lord and I need I can't live with you anymore. I'm living in sin. Mm-hmm. And God says he will guide us. He will. So when you let go of that. He's going to guide you. He's going to give you help. It wasn't easy. I'm not going to say it was easy. It was I wanting to fall back and run back to that life of luxury that I live. You bet I was. Mm -hmm. And it was constant that um, I needed to rely on God. So what God told me to do was to leave Ohio. I was born and raised 45 years of my life up there, but that's where everything I knew was there. So I had to make a change. So if you're addicted to something and you're going through something, you have to make that change so that you're not putting yourself in that temptation over and over. So I had to get away from everything I knew. God led me to Florida. And that's where I heard his voice that he called me to write and share his story and how important it is to start sharing our story because there is healing through it. I didn't know there was going to be healing through writing. So I left it all. I came down to Florida and 
I got this one bedroom dilapidated old condo. It was my detox place because I had to start stripping off all of the all of the stuff that I was clinging to that I thought was my new identity. And that's not what my identity was. I knew my identity was now in Jesus and him alone. And so I had to have a completely different look of how I was living. Not that I was punishing myself because at first when I got this little condo and it was like from the 1950s and everything was old in it. And I was like, how am I doing? I went from a house servants and laying on iron sheets every night. Now I'm in this, this, this one bedroom place. And, but there is where God healed my heart. And as I started writing, my purpose started coming out and I found so much healing in writing in writing out my story. And I encourage you, if you're listening, write your story, talk about your story, share your story. And People will encourage you as they hear it. And uh, Psalm 119, 169 says, Oh, Lord, listen to my cry. Give me the discerning mind that you promised. And during writing, I would ask him all the time, God, what do you want me to write? How do I write this? I have to be transparent for you. And so I opened the Bible one day to begin my writing. And I seriously closed my eyes. I asked God, God, give me a verse that you want me to start over with that will become my life first. I had never done that before. And I closed my eyes. I opened the Bible. I was in Orlando, Florida, sitting in somebody's backyard. And I looked open. I I opened my eyes and it was Ephesians 3.20, which says unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or imagine according to the power that's at work within us. I circled words on that scripture in my Bible. I had never seen that verse before. This was 12, 14 years ago. Never saw that verse before. And I kept circling words. God, what does this verse mean? So for two hours, I sat there and that verse has now become my life verse. It's our verse for women world leaders, the ministry I'm in, because God said he was going to do it. He was going to do exceedingly abundantly above what I can imagine, not by what I was doing, but by what he was going to do. The power of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit working within me, and he will do that for you too. It's not going to be you. It's going to be him working through you, but only when you give him that permission by full surrender. And so as I communicated with him through prayer, morning, noon, and night for four years, four years, and I was lonely. I wanted a man in my life. I prayed, God, I want a man in my life. I was... I wanted to go out with friends, but I knew I had to just seclude myself with God. And I'm not saying everybody could do this. Your story might be different, but that's what it took for me to get in the word, to write my story, to understand what God was speaking into my heart, all the lonely days that I would cry out to God. He was doing a new work in me and he was preparing me for that man I prayed for that I could serve and travel the world with, that I could do things of God. I wanted to do all those things I was doing before that I felt so empty with because I wasn't with a believer. I wasn't with 
the man that God wanted me to be with. Mm-hmm. But I had known in my heart he was going to provide that if I just stayed the course and stayed obedient to him. Mm-hmm. So fight people, fight with all you can to fight that enemy and the lies that he puts in your head. And you look to God every day, morning, noon, and night, pray, be in the word. I can't, I just can't express that enough because that is what changed my life. God brought into my life, the man of my dreams. We now serve the Lord together. He's in his ministry, United Men of Honor. God brought to me uh, a vision of just, there's so many women in this world that are broken and hurting like I was and empty and messed up in their life. And they carry the shame and the guilt and they can't release it, Mm -hmm. but God. And so I had a passion to uh, start a ministry to help women, empower them, encourage them with my story. And that's how women world leaders started. So it took time. I'm not going to say it happens overnight, but Isaiah 65, 24, this verse is awesome. God says, I will answer them before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. Isn't that beautiful, Nancy? Yeah, like that always goes before us. Yes. Amen. Always. He always goes before us. Well, since we're talking about women's world leaders, talk about that. What are you doing there? And you have the podcast. Talk about that a little as well. So Women World Leaders is a group of women that have God has joined us together from around the world. We connect on Facebook or through womenworldleaders.com. You can find us on Facebook at Women World Leaders. But what we do is we provide ways for women to connect from wherever you are. We have opportunity for you to serve God with us. What are your gifts? What are your talents? We want to hear about them. We have different ways of serving, which is we allow you to write your stories. We do books. We do a magazine called Voice of Truth that comes out and It goes around the world. We are digitally in 70 countries. We are nationally in the printed version. Um, Our books have all gone to number one bestseller, and you can share your story by writing. We come alongside of you and help you do that. We have podcasts where God has called us to do, um, I do Empowering Lives with Purpose every Monday and share women around the world, their stories, their God stories, how God is moving, because other women need to hear that. And then we have teaching podcasts on Wednesday, where um, my co-partner, Julie Jenkins, in the ministry, she's a teacher, and she teaches through the word, walking through the word. And so then Fridays, we have celebrating God's grace. And different women in the ministry give you just that inspiration to go into the weekend. And it's just tools, people. It's just tools to stay connected, stay engaged. We have Zoom meetings for Leadership Connect. We have prayer groups where we have 50 prayer warriors on a group me that pray over the ministry. If you love to pray, come on board with us and we'll put you um, in our prayer group. We need people to pray for our world, right? Yes, yes. So we just do so much and 
I just, uh, I love just working and sharing with women and meeting new women. And you can reach out to me at Kimberly at women world leaders with an S.com and just send me an email and say, I want to connect with you. I want to talk to you. And I would love, love, love to connect with you. Yes. Actually, yes. all of, all of our books are on, um, womenworldleaders.com. You can go to the shop. Thank you so much. And they are available on Amazon. So we have about eight books out right now. So one of the things the ministry is doing is this amazing uh, magazine that goes out worldwide digitally in 70 countries. It's called Voice of Truth. And it goes out to the U.S., in printed version. And you can go to our website, Women World Leaders, and you can look on the website and read it. All the past editions are up, but look at how beautiful, like it is full color, all scripture and different things in here to bless women. And it's just amazing. There's no advertising or anything. God provided this amazing coffee table quality magazine um, and it's just beautiful. So yes, please go to womenworldleaders.com and you can read it online. And if you like it, then you can request your copy in the mail if you're in the United States. Wonderful. And what would you like to leave the audience with today? And the enemy is going to keep you as far from the Lord as he can, because he knows that God has a great and mighty purpose for your life. And please, follow after God, get in his word, pray, surrender, whatever it is in your life that is holding you captive, surrender that to God and allow him to take over in your life and know that he's going to do what you ask. He's not, he is a respectful God, but he's not going to interfere where he's not welcome. So ask him in, surrender your life to him completely, and then seek him with all your heart. Every, every day in scripture is a must. Walk with him in prayer and communication. Let him be your best friend morning, noon, and night. That's how much you need him. Not just once a week when something happens. You need him every day, every hour. So I just encourage you to seek him with all your heart. And he says he will be found. I pray this program has strengthened and encouraged you. And in James 2.5, he says, Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? You've been chosen for greatness. Pray for God to open your mind to all the great possibilities because God speaks to you every day. Are you listening to the call? <laughs>